This is Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace. A podcast that knows, yes, your workplace is sexist and gives tactics to help change that. I'm Eula Scott Bino. I'm Jeannie Yandel. Oh, and if you like the show, become a patron at patreon.com slash BTSW. Mm-hmm, do it. Hi, Keita Williams, founder and chief strategist of the Accountability Practice Successfully. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. You're so excited, excited to have you here. A boss tactician in the building. Get into yes. it. I, I wear my sash around the house occasionally. Oh, <laughs> good. Nita is the only person in the history of the podcast who has a sash that says boss tactician, and it's because we made it for her. And she deserves <laughs> it. Wear it. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I try to oh. work it in the outfits. I almost wore it today. Yeah. And I was like, pull back. When you're a boss tactician, you don't have to wear the sash that says boss tactician. True. It's <laughs> like people that wear shirts that say hot. Yeah. That's I'm glad you said that because our first question is about dealing with a guy who probably shows up on Casual Friday wearing a shirt that says feminist yeah, on feminist. it or the future yeah. is female. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you know Gary. We've talked about this character, oh, Gary, Gary, right? Yes, right. Sort yes. of the clueless guy. Gary. Um, but there is another character. We've decided to call this one Aiden. Aiden, get into it. Yes. Tell a little younger. Yeah. A little younger than yes. Gary. Yeah. Real woke. Oh, thinks he's woke. Thinks he's yeah. woke. Yes. Identifies yes. as woke. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yes. He, has woke, sh- he has the shirt. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. He's and got a the pin. shirt. He's got the pin. He's got the whole thing. The haircut? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the yes. haircut. Yeah. <laughs> the undercut. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talks about yeah. I'm I'm making a list of female artists he loves. Like mm. I love I listened to Ani DeFranco in college. I really love Lizzo. I thought Lemonade was amazing. He's that guy. Okay, okay great. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anyway, yeah. 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 So our listener, Megan. Megan. Who is a librarian, works with an Aiden, right? And so here's her here's her question with context. So Aiden, her male coworker, who is a self-proclaimed feminist, does not interact well with women. For example, when our female, I know, I hope you're sitting down. Were you surprised by that? Okay. So, for example, when our female boss or I say something, he doesn't listen and or talks over us. Oh, yeah. Our junior male colleague can say the same thing. And the self-proclaimed feminist, Aiden, is all ears and doesn't interrupt. Mm. He's more terse with female patrons and more readily reproaches them for minor infractions. What a joy this person must be. Delight. So here's what Megan wants to know. How do I deal with this coworker? Oh, my goodness. So before we get into this, um, <laughs> you know, I put an umbrella thought together. Mm. Okay. I like to be about umbrellas these days and tying everything together. It's called AAA. And so what I mean by AAA, get ready, mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. So there's the executive level. So there's advocacy, action, and accountability. Okay. And then there's what happens in the manager, individual contributor level, which is allyship, action, and accountability. Okay. So when I think of each one of these viewer, or viewer, listener, reader, yeah. listener, our listener questions, yeah, the AAA comes to mind because mm-hmm. there's at least a piece of the AAA model that can be uh, that can be associated with this. So when I think of what's going on with Megan, mm-hmm. there is the action and accountability part of it. So if you don't take action and create a teachable moment for your coworker, you can only complain about him. Right. Right. And if he is not your direct report, it's not your job per se. <laughs> it's not your job <laughs> to to create an action plan or put him on a performance evaluation or whatever. But if you're in a meeting and Aiden in his 
feminist AF shirt (laughs) talks over you (laughs) or talks over one of your female colleagues, there is an opportunity to say, hey, Aiden, I believe Sarah just said that. Thank you for putting it in in words that we can all gather around. Thank Mm -hmm. you. But like, and that is a simple action you can take, Mm -hmm. right? It is not your job. I love saying job. So (laughs) it's not your job to like chase him around the building and Aiden, that's not your job. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, you can, you can, correct him in a way that is approachable mm-hmm. right and it's not an emotional burden for yourself right right because if you're if you're talking about i want to call him out about the way he speaks to patrons and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that okay well get ready to ride the hr wave yeah get are you signing up for that yeah are you signing up to save those receipts are you going are you going to document all of that mm-hmm. if that is not what you're signing up for then Use these teachable moments, these action moments. It's funny because, like, pretty much what you're saying is, like, don't, like, make a picket sign, which some people would be doing, right? Like, right. Aiden ain't woke. You're right. Aiden ain't woke. And it's like that Putting glitter sign. on it. Yeah. Not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary. You should He's be more so. hear it. Right, He's right. Aiden. Is there anything you can do to wake Aiden up for real, for real? Well, I think that that's where um, the teachable moments, you can make recommendations. Oh, have you read this? Mm-hmm. I just, I really d- discovered this new book. Have you checked it out? Let's talk about it once you've read it. Yeah. Right. So it's you again, it's that emotional labor part. Mm-hmm. And if he really wants to evolve, he will. Right. You can lead him there, but you, you can't you can take the horse of water, but you can't make them drain. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I love the idea of even just leaving books in conspicuous places. <laughs> like they're librarians. And if Aiden All is like types of fronting books. like that he's <laughs> they have a, books on tape a feminist, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah, read Feminist Fight Club, the book this podcast is based on. Like, there's stuff, you know. There's lots of literature. (laughs) Leave an article about, like, about just this exact problem on his desk. Some woke people aren't actually woke. Yes. Oh, how'd this get here? Interesting. I mean, we have told people to forward the podcast. That's not a that's not a bad idea. That's where you can drop the link. Yes. <laughs> I also feel like, I mean, another thing I kind of want Megan to know is like if you miss a moment, right? Like if Megan's not on it to immediately say something to Aiden, because it can be hard to be like, I know exactly how to handle this right in the moment while it's mm-hmm. happening. Like that's hard. Absolutely. You know, it's okay. It's okay if you don't get every moment and it's okay to maybe say oh. something a little bit later. You know, like there's more latitude, I feel like, than just yes. like being able to say the perfect thing at the perfect moment. We're all human, right? And I mm. think that um, the one thing that I've been kind of, I've been doing my own self-development um, is kind of operating from the space of love. That yeah. like if something doesn't sit well with me, how can I present my thoughts in a way that I am not doing harm to the other person? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like, if you have to circle back and formulate your thoughts and then go to that person, that window is kind of closed because yeah. they, they've already moved on in their mind and it was nothing wrong with their behavior because they've already moved on in their mind, yeah. right? So like, if he is who he is, so Aiden's going to do it again and mm-hmm. Aiden's probably going to do it on Thursday's meeting. <laughs> so you'll have your opportunity on Thursday, you Girl. know? Yeah. Be ready. <laughs> like, yeah. So you missed it on Tuesday's team meeting, but you know he's going to show up the same dude on Thursday. So there is an opportunity to... To, you know, get into it. <laughs> so our next question is from Charlie, who's a middle manager in a mid-sized company in a department overwhelmingly consisting of like straight white men. So it's in America, as you can imagine. <laughs> and uh, Charlie is queer and he writes, while I don't identify as a woman, most of my colleagues see me that way. Charlie's question is about pay. He writes, I know my male colleagues make more than me and I'm not the only one in my organization experiencing this. 
I have been explicitly instructed by HR not to discuss salary with colleagues, right? And the excuse I am given is that the guidelines provided to supervisors on these issues are not board-approved policies and therefore cannot be shared. So Charlie's question is, how do I push back against this dynamic and move the needle on transparency without losing my job? I have thoughts. I'm about to say, I hope you do. I have thoughts, and I've bucketed them in two areas. All right. <laughs> First, I'm going to take on Charlie. Then I'm going to take on the team. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I've been in this situation, and I know a lot of us have, where I didn't negotiate. Mm-hmm. And so the question that I ask to Charlie is, what is it about you that you are not assigning value to yourself? Mm. That you are not taking that moment and going, I am. I have put in my ten thousand hours of of work to be considered a subject matter expertise. I have done the research on the pay bands. I've asked HR what the pay band is for this role, and this is what I want. So, in this day and age when we have pay scale, Glassdoor, Google, you right. can search it. Um, you don't necessarily have to ask someone in the organization for the information, right? So, like. That I'm I'm gonna like take Charlie to the mat on that. Yeah. And always negotiate. Always negotiate. And like don't wait until it's job offer time to negotiate. Mm. Do it in low stake situations. Like I try to get free cheese all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> like practice your bargaining and negotiation skills. Don't wait till it's a high stakes moment that um and then you're all sweaty because you, oh, well, I have to accept this offer. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, you know, nobody else wants me. No, you're the pretty girl at the dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they have made you an offer, they want you. And their job is to bring you in under market value. So make their job a little hard. You yep. know? <laughs> so that's the thing that I would want to say to anybody that's listening, that's going through the job hunt process and even thinking about pay raises and that sort of thing is to understand that you are valuable. We can't plead ignorance in this day and age where, like, I literally just hit my 70-year-old mom to YouTube tutorial videos because she's into her sewing, and there was something she couldn't do with her embroidery machine. And I was like, Mom, go to YouTube, put the machine in, embroidery. And my mom was, like, trapped for two days watching tutorial videos. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Nobody heard from her. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you, you don't necessarily need to go hey uh craig uh what'd you make last year you don't have to ask that right yeah so so there's that piece and then um whatever you think you're worth at 30 percent mm. i love that oh yeah I, just go gangster yeah like <laughs> this is what i think i should get paid for this mm-hmm. So if I add 30% to it, when we go back and forth, we're going to get to what I want. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for real. And just, like, be okay with it. Yeah. You know? What do you do if you got the job already and you didn't do it? Okay, so then that's where, that's your bad. Yeah. That's where you have got to take a knee on that one, learn the lesson, don't do it again. Because if you're complaining about how you're underpaid and you did the, everyone makes more money than me to do the same job. You come across as a complaining employee and then you get flagged as something else, yeah. right? As a problem employee. Uh, in those situations, I thought this out too. Uh, this is where AAA, <laughs> action and accountability, allyship, because you, you need some people to rally around you. But if you're tracking what you're contributing to an organization, you're tracking your numbers. People want to know that you can save time and you can make money. Mm. If you're tracking your results, 
closely. And you can say, since I came aboard, this organization netted X, my, my, my business unit made X, Y, and Z, or we found these levels of efficiencies. And you can report that back to an advocate or an ally who has your back. That's your negotiation power, mm-hmm. right? But if you are not tracking what you're doing at work, you have no idea what, besides completing tasks, what value you add to a team, again, that's your bad. Yeah. Wow. So I feel like I've been slacking, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm slacking. Yeah. Well, you said the other piece of this is you want to take on the team. So, what do you have to say about Charlie's team? team. Yeah. Here we go. go. Charlie. (laughs) Charlie, my friend. Since you can't talk to anybody on the team, here's where you can empower and educate, right? Mm -hmm. So, you don't always have to say things. That's why there's outside consultants. (laughs) Oh. There are. I I can rattle off folks that do workshops around bargaining and negotiation or communication styles. Or if there's a deficit on the team or an area that needs to be addressed, you mention that to the HR team or the learning and development people and you come to the table with recommendations. Mm -hmm. So successfully.com for AAA. Anyway, (laughs) quick plug. But like it's not. You don't necessarily have to own having those private conversations with your with your colleagues unless they come to you and say, here's what I'm experiencing. And then you can coach in real time around that. Mm -hmm. But if you know that it is an issue within the organization and it comes down to gender parity, then, you know, most organizations don't want anyone finding that out. (laughs) You know, so. Uh, You can be solution oriented and say, "Okay, I'm not equipped to do this. And I know that you don't want us to do this this way. But can we empower our employees around bargaining negotiation or around goal setting, developing smart goals so that they're hitting their benchmarks so they can get their promotions and get their pay raises? Mm -hmm. So um, call the Justice League. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I love that. You can't save those. those Yeah. Babies falling off that cliff. Uh, Like as someone that comes in as an outside consultant, I can say all kinds of stuff (laughs) that a team is more receptive to because they don't work with me every day. Yeah. Right. And I often, with whatever team I'm working with, I have the conversation like, what do you want me to touch on? What are some things that we need to make sure that we cover in this? So, yeah. You know, hmm. Throw up the bad signal. Okay. Good times. So Good we luck, have, Charlie. Good luck. I know. Yeah. And also, I mean, Charlie, Megan, like, get in touch with us and tell us how this worked out for you. Okay. Like, when you try this stuff, we want to know the outcome. So shoot us an email at btswpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so our listener, Greta, says she's dealing with microaggressions. Mm -hmm. Fun. Uh, And so here's her example. She says, some men I work with say things like, oh, that file goes to that girl in accounting who sits near Bob. She's a girl? Really? I once asked one guy, oh, is she under 18? Because then she's a girl. It's just weird because, you know. We know that, like, calling someone a boy is wrong. Like, so he should know this, that that's wrong. Yeah, like, nobody says, oh, it's that boy who sits near HR. Yeah, Yeah, nobody says that. Yeah, so obviously Greta wants to know, Mm -hmm. how do I deal with comments like this? Okay. (laughs) I'm going back to the AAA. Um, I love it. So that's that accountability, action, being a good ally is correcting in the moment. Mm. So mirror the behavior you want to see. Yeah. So, yes, I'd be happy to take that to Jennifer, who sits next to Bob in accounting. (laughs) I was just like, you can't call her a girl. You can't call her a girl. Well, like, okay. so I think what I have found is when I mirror the behavior I want to see, then all of a sudden it it registers Mm. rather than it becomes a like combative moment. Yeah. If I'm like, don't call her a girl. 
because I don't think that I can say that and not come across as whatever. Yeah. Um, but saying, oh, yes, I am happy to take that over to Jennifer, who sits next to Bob in accounting. <laughs> Have you seen Jennifer today? And, and, and I would say Jennifer like six times. Mm. And I think that... Um, you know, that, again, that's that emotional burden. Yes. Like, how much of an emotional burden do you want to take on? Yes, it's a microaggression, but if you would have to expend more energy explaining it to someone that doesn't know that it's a microaggression than to just mirror the behavior that you'd like to see from them. I wanted to ask, though, about, I mean, I do agree with you that I feel like it's really powerful to do those in-the-moment corrections, but, you know, what if you miss the moment, Right. He's going to do it again. All right, fair enough. He's going to do it again. (laughs) He didn't wake up today and decide that Jennifer didn't have a name. (laughs) He didn't wake up and decide that, you know? So, like, he's habitual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. You're right. It's not like she won't have another opportunity. Right. And I think that um, the one thing, so the other day somebody tried to touch my hair. Mm. (laughs) Okay. And. Which they should know is wrong. Which. I mean, it's on the internet. Girl, the same, as I call you, girl. <laughs> right, right. We just talked about it. No, I know. <laughs> Kita in accounting. No, uh, uh, who next Do you to mean Kita, who is sitting at that microphone right there? Who's in charge of all of it at successfully.com? <laughs> but, like, in that moment, I was like, I do not have the energy to even explain to her I have a whole presentation deck in my mind of where I'm going to take it. Like, it goes back to being three-fifths of a human. Mm-hmm. You think I'm a pet, so you think it's okay to touch my hair. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the energy on that particular day, Mm-mm. so I simply touched her hair. <laughs> and we That's stood what I there do. awkwardly <laughs> while she had her hand <laughs> in my head, and I had my hand in hers. <laughs> I've done this before. The most awkward part, too, is when you're like, this is just uh, so much hairspray. Like, when you're first out, like, it's like, this, like, is, so, this is so together and separate at the same time. Like, how do you live? <laughs> and even that was still, like, an emotional burden. Because they were yeah. like, I, I have to bucket all these feelings and put them somewhere and not let all the rage that I have built up... <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in my years of experiencing microaggressions to be unleashed on this one person that just doesn't know any better, yeah. right? What type of energy output do you want in each situation? Because you can teach and keep your your lift low, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Jean? Have you ever had any situations where, like, you do you know how to handle somebody who's, like, microaggression on all over you? Oh, man. All around you. My default, which is not the best thing, is usually sort of stunned silence of like, wait, is this actually happening right now? Mm-hmm. And then later, this is why I keep asking you, do you have to know what to say in the moment? <laughs> no, because no. I don't usually know what to say in the moment. Um, yeah. And then later I'm like, oh, no. You know, I mean, it happened. I don't know. Like, for some reason, the only example I can come up with is when I was pregnant and I, I, I had people like just put their hands on me and they're like, you're definitely expecting twins. And it was like, did, mm. you can't talk. No, no. Don't touch me. Not, Where are you? And what, like, and what's your name again? It Even now it was years ago. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, it just, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't usually know what to do in those moments. And then I'm left with a feeling of like, I blew it. I could have at least stood up for myself. I have a solution for that. Mm. One, two, three. So like deep breath. One, two, three. 
sort your thoughts, and then go, hey, wait a second. I just, I want to flag. I, that, that didn't feel good. So let's talk about that. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and just like, wait, let, just pausing the conversation. Like, what you just said, ooh, what was that? Yeah. And, and, and make it a question. and um, Versus and, a comeback. I think. Yeah, because I feel like I'm way more witty after the situation, right? Like, super witty. Yes. Because <laughs> I've had time to, like, diagram a, like, witty joke. <laughs> but um, turning it around on a question, that makes them answer. And usually, you know, you start getting into, you know, hey, tell me how, like, sexist you are. <laughs> tell, tell, mm. tell me about how you really feel about Why do about you call women girls? Yeah, right, why right. do you call women girls? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? And it makes them explain it to you. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Just, yeah, but questions. Like, question. Like, mm. hmm. So why would you say that? Hmm. Where'd that come from? Please elaborate. That's my other favorite one. Hmm. <laughs> or help me understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I would hope is I when this conversation that. happens with if it's Jeannie and someone, that I'm in a cubby nearby and I can yell afterwards. It's sexism. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's racism. <laughs> Okay, well, we just, we're just going to have to follow each other around for the rest okay, of our right, lives, yes. okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to need it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Oh, I love that tactic so much. Okay. But we have to take a quick break. Yes. We have to catch our breath. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Roller coaster ride of emotion. Indeed. But then we are coming back with more questions. Yes. With boss tactician, Keto Williams. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Hey there, it's Jeannie, and I wanted to tell you about another show you should check out by some friends of ours. It's called Self-Evident. The podcast tells true stories about life in Asian America through a mix of audio documentary and real talk that digs deep into the everyday experiences that shape our lives. Self-Evident is beautifully produced, and it has stories that will make you cry, reporting that will make you question everything in a good way, and conversations that make you feel really excited to get to know who you are. For example, there is this episode that is a conversation between an OnlyFans creator and one of his fans about how seeing and being a gay Asian man in porn influenced both of their lives. It's really funny and it's really personal and beautiful. So if you're looking for something new to listen to, just search for self-evident Asian America stories where you're listening to us now or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back with some more questions about sexism in the workplace, for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Y'all ready for this? I think so. I'm ready to listen to what Kita has to say, Ah! basically. (laughs) So the next question comes from someone who wants to remain anonymous, and they work in e-commerce. So they write, I am positioned for great career advancement in the next year or so and want to make the most of every opportunity so I can rise to chief executive level. The company has about 50, 50 percent men and women split, but all of the top executives are men. Like maybe this is also in America, too. Uh, (laughs) These men go out for drinks to ball games and like all other kinds of things together outside of work hours. And a lot of important conversations and decisions happen during these social outings. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is no one else in the company as prepared to move into the role as I am. But 
I am worried that they will work. They will look outside of the company if they don't see me fitting into their boys club. You know, how can I navigate this socially to be taken seriously as a candidate for promotion? I have thoughts. Yeah, I'm glad you do. I have sorrows. Yes. Yes. Anonymous, comma, this is for you. <laughs> um, you're spending way too much time worrying about things that don't matter. Ooh. What? Yes, there is a Please old... elaborate okay, to quote yeah. you from a second ago. <laughs> okay, there's an old boys club. So what? Mm. If you good if you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're getting yourself all twisted up about being left out. When what you should be doing is taking that time and energy into building your uh, your team of sponsors that are going to help you get this promotion. Mm. So where have you shown up? What projects have you taken on? What results are you responsible for that make you qualified for this role? You have it's like a PR campaign. Yeah. You know, like who are you campaigning with? To get the job, knowing that you're outside of the old boys club, you're not going to be invited to the basketball game. You're not going to go to the smoky lounge and have cigars and whatever they do, grunt and scratch, whatever they do together. <laughs> you have to, you know, take a, a different approach. Mm-hmm. And that is campaigning on a one to one basis. Right. And if you are good at what you do, there will be people that want to get behind you. Like, who's your mentor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, what are is there anyone in your organization that is willing to cash in their their capital to back you on this? That's more important than going to a baseball game, right? Right. So, like, I think rather than take all of that again, emotional burden. Clearly, mm-hmm. I went to one class too many. Um, <laughs> uh, to owning all of that. Well, I'm not invited. I can't. I don't fit in. Yeah, you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. That is actually an asset. Yeah. Wow. When you fit in with the group, you follow group think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You're not going to want to rock the boat. And if you're campaigning for a C-suite le- level position, you need to be able to think different and drive strategy differently, right? I mean, I was I was actually ready to push back initially because I have heard so many times that it is a real problem if you cannot be part of these kind mm-hmm. of these kind of workplace social events, right? You're not there for, you know, as Anonymous says, the important conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. But I had never thought about the idea of gathering your forces during the work hours, right? Like figuring out who you can campaign with mm-hmm. in order to get you to the next level. I mean, there's still, you know, yes, it sucks. You're not going to be part of the boys club, but like, that's a much better way to spend your energy. That's just a really good idea. And I also think that rather than think about the important conversations that you're going to miss out on, because like how many important conversations are have you're having at a drunken ball game? Let's right. That was my first thought. Was like even if I go to the ball game, what are the chances that I'm going to talk to the to the dude that will get me the promotion? Period. But you're also missing out on all the HR violations when there have been corporate outings, forced functions. I always chop her out early because I don't want to stay <laughs> that one moment past proper where everyone's had just a little bit too much drink. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the HR the HR nightmare begins to unfold. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to be a witness. I want to hear about it the next day and be like, oh, man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to write up a r- report or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're all, well, rather than think about the 
the decision making that's happening, you're also removing yourself from uh, possible scandals, right? Like your name is not going to be in the pot when they're rounding up people to figure out what happened at the Christmas party or figure out what happened at at the ball game when so-and-so fell down the stairs and cracked their head open. Mm. Was he pushed or did he fall because he was drunk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has happened. This is a real life oh, wow. experience here. Oh, my so, God. So like... Um, was you, he push or was he drunk? Girl, no. I wasn't her. there. I chopped oh. out early. <laughs> I told you my strategy. <laughs> I don't know. I heard. <laughs> but, you know, like, this, like, the system is broken, mm-hmm. right? And we're not going to fix the systemic divides and gender, race, and, like, we're not going to fix that today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have to be strategic and smart about what we do have, right? And if you are, if you're good at what you do and you're good at selling it, you just need to influence the influential people. Man, I love the campaigning idea. This campaign for it. Okay, so we got a letter from somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this uh-huh. uh, because this is from somebody who tried one of our tactics. Her name is Allison. Go, she Allison. Tried one of our tactics. Whoop, whoop. You yep. did it, and it didn't work. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, this happened. Yeah, happens too. You yeah, tried. I mean, you tried though. Yeah, and so the letter. I mean, it deserves a dramatic reading. So I, I'm gonna play Allison. <laughs> okay. The letter writer. Mm-hmm. Hi, yeah. Allison. And I'll be, I'll be the dudes. I'm gonna be like Gary and Aiden. Yes. It's yes. A, it's a multi diverse workplace. Yeah. <laughs> there's Aidens. There's Gary's. Lots of all them. over the place. Yeah. Super diverse. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Allison. I used to take notes at all of our weekly meetings. Then. I listened to the BTSW episode about office housework. Yeah. So I brought up the pattern and suggested we move the note-taking to a rotation schedule. But yo, Allison, we thought you liked taking notes. You are so good at them. <laughs> what was that at them. <laughs> he doesn't know what notes are all the way. Like, in the middle of that, he was, like, unsure if, like, you know, if they were, like, a drink or if they were, a, if they were an actual, like, piece of paper. Was and, that Aiden or Gary? That was Gary. Okay. Okay. Gary doesn't have time to slow down and, like, look at this person. It's like, you're so good at them. She's over there. Yeah. He's not looking at her. He's just, No like, eye contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just, you know, yeah. making and a then, joke of it. Yeah. And then and, here's what Aiden had to say. Oh, yeah. You know, I think a rotation schedule sounds great, but I shouldn't be on it because, you know, I am not good at writing. <laughs> In cursive. <laughs> You know, my whole life, I've just been kind of sliding by. And I was hoping to slide by this meeting, too. So you don't want me to do nothing. Like, I can't actually spell. We're definitely getting an Oscar for this. Okay. So, in the end, it was decided that no notes were better than a rotation schedule. Listen, because if, if a dude has to write it, we just shouldn't even have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, guess what happened? So, deadlines and key requirements were missed because we had no meeting minutes to rely on. When I kept taking notes for my own records, I was chided for not being a team player and sending out my copy. Allison wants to know, what do I do now? I think that uh, precedence. If you have already set a precedent that you are the official note taker, (laughs) uh, know that when you try to switch up the precedence, Mm. it's a big fancy word, pull it out here. That you're going to ruffle some feathers, right? So, like, I think that if you have already set that expectation that every meeting that's what you're going to do, be ready for that blowback. So, like, there's that that piece. So, remember, precedence. That's why step into a new situation. Don't clean nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> For real. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, the kitchen is messy. Just stand right, just stand right next to Aiden and do everything he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> just wide eye, like I don't know how to put the dishes in the. Dish I've never written a paper in my life. Like, I've never taken notes. Matter of fact, <laughs> I don't even own a notebook. But you, you, you know, like I wouldn't say don't say you own a don't own a notebook. That might be a little. But like when you step into that new scenario where it's a promotion or you move into another role or you start with another organization, if you set precedents. Yep. Know that you're going to be evaluated on that precedence, which brings me to the best part. Here we go. <laughs> I would flip that note taking into project management and ask for a raise. <gasps> Whoa. But you're right. Because you're right. If you're missing deadlines and you have upset clients and it's costing money and it's my job to rally that, that needs to be part of my roles and responsibilities. And because of that, there's some more cash that needs to go there. Wow. Gangster. Give me my money, honey. That's genius. And like Allison already has indication of what falls apart and what doesn't work when she's not, as you called it, project managing. When she's not project managing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would even throw it in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Take my notes, put it in a tracker. Boom. So now I'm producing a product for you all to track. Mm. I have direct outcomes. I'm big on tracking. Uh, big outcomes. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Everyone can go to this shared document that has everything that we're supposed to do. Yeah. With who's going to do them by when. That's project management. And I'm going to do this only because you're paying me to do this. Yeah. Yes. Not just because y'all don't want to do it. Yes. Because I don't know how to think. No. Never paper what, huh? <laughs> uh, right. I mean... Oh, man. You're so good at, at them. You take them so well. It's clearly. <laughs> We're so wrong. Like, yeah, I You're do. You're so wrong. So, matter of fact, I do them so well. Here's a, here's our project <laughs> management document that we're going to cover in this meeting. Yes. Could there be any pushback from that? Like somebody being like, well, well, no, I mean, a smart any smart business person would take her up on it. Yeah. Like, look, this is what happened when I didn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you realize this could cost money? Yep. We could have disgruntled clients, yes. which is a loss in revenue. Or these projects aren't completed in a timely fashion. Yeah. Loss of revenue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, This comes back to save time, save money. I'm helping you do both. Yep. I have to ask a question, though. So what if Allison makes this pitch, which is a really good pitch, it's super Mm -hmm. smart, and what she hears back is, we will change your title so that you're the team project manager, but we can't give you a raise. Yeah, then it is. (laughs) (laughs) Then I would take that title. And go find myself a job that pays according to that title. Yeah. I love that okie doke. We're going to change your title, not change your pay. Oh, wait, you're going to add some responsibilities to it, too? Yeah, yeah. Can you please give me another gift with that? <laughs> so, I mean, this one isn't a, an easy fix, yeah. right? But, like, from a place of power, if you know that what you're contributing to the team impacts the bottom line of the organization own that yes right because like businesses businesses are started to solve problems and make money yeah and if you're solving a problem and making money what <laughs> you're doing so good at this. you're you're winning at life yes yeah. right step into it yeah. like literally the worst case scenario is you find another job yeah that is like literally your worst case scenario, and you want to find an organization that appreciates the value you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. 
Keita Williams. Yes. Founder and chief strategist of Success Bully. Yes. Mm-hmm. Boss tactician. Yes. Pew, pew, pew. With I a sash it. and everything. With a sash. Okay, so where can people find you on social media before we oh say goodbye? Oh my goodness, I am all on brand. So uh, you can go to successbully.com and look up more about AAA. Um, I also am at Success Bully on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook. So Perfect. we just landed the entire brand lockup. So beautiful. Good work. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace is an independent podcast. Our senior producer is Kyle Norris, and our show is mixed by Bethany Denton. Our production partner is Studio 2B Seattle. This podcast was co-founded in partnership with KUOW Puget Sound Public Radio and the University of Washington. We were inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club by Jessica Bennett. Our music is by Cassia Gordon, and our brand design is by Tio. You can find Tio on Instagram at T-E-O dot underscore Dora, which is spelled D-O-R-A. And huge, massive, gigantic, big, big thanks. Big, big. To Phyllis Fletcher, Bree Ripley, and Dana Bialik. Thank you all so much. You can get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BTSW Podcast or by emailing btswpodcast at gmail.com. And if you love the show, help us make it. Patronize us. Become a patron at patreon.com slash btsw. And as long as you're at your computer or your phone, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And then tell a friend about our show. Word of mouth is actually the biggest way our audience grows, which is extremely cool. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Keep fighting the good fight. Bye, everyone. Bye. Talk to you soon.